Welcome, guys, to the Journeyman Podcast. Uh, I'm Brian Evans with Journeyman Asheville, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jordan Bowman uh, from Journeyman Triangle. Hey, guys. Today, we have a special guest, Jason Clamaris, who works with Blue Ridge Therapeutic Wilderness, and he is joining us from Asheville, North Carolina. What's up, everybody? How you doing, Jason? Pretty good, man. Thanks for having me on. Yep. And Jordan, how are you doing, man? Doing all right. I feel like we're, you know, we're a hundred days into this pandemic and, um, my beard's getting pretty long and gnarly and <laughs> nice. I'm feeling all right. Cool. Yeah. I'm checking in with gratitude to be able to connect with you guys. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we, we tried to have this conversation once before and this is round two. So I'm, I'm happy that we can all be in one place, even if it's virtual. Yeah. Um, so Jason, I know I'm, I'm trying to be conscious of you balancing multiple roles because I know you're really into, you know, men's work and masculine development. And I also know you're a field director at a wilderness therapy company and not necessarily joining us on behalf of the company, but I guess yeah. I was hoping, um, to start off to just get a sense for what your experience has been like holding a container for adolescents during this COVID time. Cause you guys have been up and mm-hmm. running uh, full student load this whole time through the pandemic. Correct. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's been a challenge to say the least. Uh, just when I thought I was in a stride with my managerial development, this, uh, threw a wrench in that idea and really showed me like, uh, the necessity to be creative and to pick up new, uh, new ways to help everyone function and, uh, stay in integrity with like, uh, the quality of work that we expect in our program. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's been a challenge, but you know, it, it, it does connect to something, a deeper value of being excited by a challenge. Uh, I do, I do enjoy being the person who has to manage that. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. How do you feel that rites of passage work shows up out there in the woods? I mean, that's a, it's a broad, <laughs> a broad question. Uh, I think, you know, oftentimes I'll make this statement that, uh, I do believe if you, uh, maybe, maybe I'll, uh, provide some, uh, background information first. So our program largely deals with, uh, troubled kids. So a lot of them are experiencing, um, unhealthy coping mechanisms to deal with their basic emotions, whether it's, uh, drug abuse or, um, you know, any, any kind of substance abuse whatsoever. But, uh, I'd say the majority don't have wilderness experience. They don't know what it's like to spend an extended period of time in the forest. There are a few, but, uh, in my experience, when I talk to them about that, it's pretty limited. Um, and so oftentimes I say that just being in the wilderness for an extended period of time, maybe, uh, between four days to a, a week alone right there, I think some really incredible change happens. Um, we have the added benefit of some really powerful therapists, some really intelligent, bright people who get the work and can work with what's happening naturally in the forest. Um, but to answer your question, Brian, that's where I think the, uh, the rite of passage begins is being uprooted from a place that's so comfortable. And, you know, they have this vision and idea of this is who I am. This is what I need you know, and it's so solidified. And when they get thrown in the woods, all that stuff doesn't really serve them anymore. Mm -hmm. They really, it's a process of like, maybe I'm not the person I thought I was. Uh, and the wilderness itself is like this, this journey into discovering new ways 
not just for survival, but this like deep emotional survival, like, Hey, that, that drug abuse was not getting me like the desired result. Uh, yeah. To answer your question or if the, I hope yeah. that answers. No, it. totally. The, I guess I probably should have asked this for first, but I'm imagining that a lot of our viewers actually don't know really what wilderness therapy is. Is there mm. maybe like a quick, just brief version yeah, yeah. of, of what that experience looks like from the kid's perspective you could tell us? Yeah, for sure. So, um, it is a whole family program where, um, some parents or guardians will come to us and they have, uh, a disruption in their family unit. Uh, and their initial, uh, engagement with our program is my kid is out of control in some, some respect the, there's something happening that I just can't control. It's out of my hands. Please help. It's kind of like the generalized, uh, plea for help, you know? And then, so the kid will enter our program, uh, in which they'll spend roughly about 90 days in the forest and uh, get paired with a therapist who has, um, a general, uh, interest in what the student is working with, you know, whether it is substance abuse or uh, trauma. And then meanwhile, while their student is in the forest, um, the parents are on the other side and they're receiving therapy as well from our family program. Uh, the concept of wilderness therapy itself though, that, that is the industry is that, you know, um, the, we're not having a structured, um, sort of, you know, sitting on the couch, uh, for an hour in a therapist room, uh, once a week, this is an immersive experience, uh, where the therapy doesn't end really until they leave the program. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Jordan and I were, were, uh, talking a little bit about kind of our plans for rite of passage work that we're going to be mm -hmm. hosting in the fall. And the idea of emphasizing the solo element mm -hmm. came up mm -hmm. a little bit. Well, I guess Jordan, first of all, man, I, you, you said that you were feeling called to like have that experience yourself. Do you want to, I guess I'd just love to hear you maybe re-explain why, why that's calling to you. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, I'm excited just Jason hearing you talk about, um, this experience for the boys, right? It's like mm -hmm. for, for the kids, 90 mm -hmm. days in the woods. And I was just counting about, we've been in lockdown for over a hundred mm -hmm. days for this mm -hmm. pandemic. And there's just this, this connection, this parallel for me. And I'm realizing, you know, I've been spending a lot more time alone and I'm an extremely extroverted mm -hmm. person. Like I'm a social butterfly. Like I'm out yeah, there. Same. I know everybody. <laughs> and in this time I've been kind of forced to go inside. Um, and it's been really nice, but I've, I've realized in some ways I'm, I'm, I'm not as like comfortable with being completely alone or being completely like just out there. And, um, I've been doing my own little solo, like in my house, but I'd love to do the same thing, like out in the woods, like incorporate some fasting, maybe incorporate some prayer, incorporate, um, intentionality where other people are kind of holding that space with me. And it mm -hmm. sounds like just like a magical experience. Like, I feel like it's just something I need to do. Um, and, and yeah, that's kind of, that was the calling. There's, there's been a calling, um, to do like a solo experience probably for the past year. And it's only mm -hmm. just been heightened, uh, because of the pandemic. Yeah. I relate to that, man. I'm, I've yeah. been feeling the call as well. Um, 
they do solos in the wood. Do they still do the same type of solo mm-hmm. experience? Yeah, yeah, it's the same. So that's an interesting proposition, right? Like taking 10 kids that don't want to be there and have a history of acting up and then putting them in these, these spots where it's like a little bit more difficult to supervise them. There's a lot more freedom and I mean, just realistically a lot more can go wrong. Right. Yeah. As you were talking about it, I was thinking, um, you know, in my description of wilderness therapy, uh, I mentioned how the students are uprooted from a place where they're really comfortable or just not able to look at themselves. And, uh, it just made me think of how that mentality can, it, it doesn't, just go away because when a, ther- when a solo happens, they're reestablishing that same, they're like, Oh, now I'm in another place where I, I don't have the, um, I can't be a funny man in the group anymore to like not deal with my emotions. Like I, I don't have that to my uh, advantage anymore or yeah, I just don't have the sense of being with somebody to distract me. So it just, it continues, uh, and it gets even more real, I think. Mm-hmm. And you see a lot of shit come up for these guys when they're out there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Probably much more than when they're in the group. Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously I have, I have the wilderness therapy background as well. And also when I've gone and done solos, the ability for my mind to come up with excuses and reasons to like cut the experience short or, Mm. you know, uh, distract myself and just, rationalize away escaping the experience. That's always been something that just has blown my mind, both with like long meditation stints and also wilderness solos. And with the, yeah. with the boys and the girls out there, I think, uh, maybe you can speak to this, but I, I've seen that behavior manifest as like acting out in certain ways or breaking rules to get pulled off yeah. of solos and, and that yeah. kind of thing. You've seen that yeah. I'm assuming. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think that it would be uh, a failure to not recognize the breaking of a boundary as as like something that you could process. Uh, it's, Mm. you know, it is valuable. It's like, okay, this is where you're at there. There's an opportunity in front of you to self-explore and you're afraid of it or not able to show up for it. And you had to escape it somehow. And you're either consciously or unconsciously, um, uh, we call it sacri- or, um, sabotaged this mm. experience for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty amazing stuff. What comes up in those conditions. I not even just with solos, but when I go out to the wilderness and I, when I was doing the woods work, I would notice myself, the emotions that I would feel would just be so much stronger than when I have like a phone to distract myself or can jump onto Netflix. But I would notice myself missing certain people way more than I would normally feel that I would notice. Um, I mean, it sounds strange, but just a much deeper appreciation for certain relationships out in the woods. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's powerful stuff. Well, I didn't want to, I guess, go too far just into the weeds with the solo stuff. I know that that's Jordan, you and I have been talking about that. So it's a special topic of interest. Um, and Jason's got quite a bit of experience facilitating them. Um, you know, uh, just a stock question. And one that I think is really relevant is just what did mentorship look like for you as an adolescent and young adult? What kind of opportunities did you get with mentors? Hmm. Uh, pretty much none, I would say, uh, you know, I think, um, 
I think my upbringing, my adolescence is pretty synonymous with the adolescent uh, boys that I see in the program where this, there's this inaccessible older male figure that uh, is clearly like part of who they are. You know, this like, like clearly they haven't been around a lot of healthy young or healthy older men. Hmm. And I think that um, for the most of my experience in high school and through those really tumultuous years of growing up, uh, I didn't, I didn't have that. I didn't have like a man or a figure of a man or the idea of a man that I would hold in high regards or value or say like, that's who I want to be. Um, it wasn't until really I started doing this work that, that, that concept and idea was, was ever really brought forward to me that like our society is pained right now with that. It's, it's lacking this relationship. What was, yeah. uh, how old were you? Uh, when, when I started or yeah, when you started, when I realized the wilderness therapy work, uh, 26, I think, mm-hmm. or 27. Yeah. Right in there. Yeah. Um, it's kind of, it, it's a weird feeling to realize you've had a hole in your life for X amount of time. You didn't even know, you know, it's, uh, that being said, like, uh, I, I think that's when I start to feel the importance of mentorship. Uh, it maybe wasn't as traditional as like, um, older, older times, but you know, I'm surrounded by people who are invested in self-exploration and like doing personal work and mental health. And they were all mentors for me when I entered this environment, just learning how to really strip away a lot of my, um, my ego for lack of a better word, so that I could look at myself in situations more objectively. Oh yeah. Yeah. When, uh, Jordan, did you have something you want to say? I saw you unmute for a second there. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, um, you kind of answered it. I guess I was curious what the impact of, of, you know, not having that figure, um, or even those, you said not having a male role model, but even not even having like an idea of, of who that mm-hmm. could be. Mm-hmm. I was curious, you know, how, how else that impacted you? Um, I would say the, the first word that like comes to my mouth is, uh, understanding what accountability actually means. I think being accountable, for myself and for my life really, uh, before this idea of a mentor took hold of me, uh, I was just kind of coasting, you know, and, uh, not being accountable for the, the man I wanted to be. Um, yeah. And, you know, shattering some stereotypes about vulnerability as a man, what I can expect to be, how, how I like, I don't fall victim to being like, uh, seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger as my, uh, my hero and my only idea of what a man is, but like being like, Oh man, like it's actually much more fulfilling to access our emotional self than, than suppress it and try to be tough. Yeah. Hmm. You, You mentioned accountability. How, how do you define that i mean what does accountability mean to you oh man (laughs) yeah um i think it's you know hmm. so often it can be enticing to cast blame uh and before that happens 
before like saying no this isn't the case this is the, the this is the truth like uh it when i feel that sensation of defensiveness coming up uh it might be an indicator that i haven't checked in with like what part of this am i accountable whatever situation i'm entering uh you know i said i, w- I was feeling rather stuck in my like mid-20s um and something that like i would tell myself is i'm just uh saving money to go back up to school and obviously that never happened. I just, it was something I was saying and a more accountable, uh, description of my reality was, um, that I'm not, uh, establishing healthy relationship with my finances. I wasn't taking accountability for that or taking accountability for like preparing myself for a future. Uh, instead I just made that like, you know, uh, deflective argument around it. Yeah. Yeah, I've got the uh, I've got the ignore the ignore stuff the ignore strategies. Yeah, yeah, oh, oh yeah, man. <laughs> have have had it, you know. Work working yeah. on working on it every day, right? Uh-huh. And this work is like is an accountability process for me too because I'm constantly confronted with like looking at my adolescent self, you know, and in some ways pr- careful not to project onto the boys that we're working with, but saying like, oh yeah, I remember when I did that and it actually is still there and I gotta, <laughs> I gotta watch out. How, how might I be avoiding responsibility? Um, or not it's so really, difficult. Yeah. There's rose colored glasses on yeah. looking at the world. Um, so yeah, uh, I think, I think like through the process of, uh, this industry and the job is something that, uh, comes up as you climb the ranks is I'm accountable to the kids. And that's an incredible concept and not, not just them, but my coworkers, there's a level of kind of, these people are relying on me, um, honestly to keep them safe. Uh, and that's a massive level of accountability. And it's, it's, it's 10 times as much in the role I am. And now I'm responsible and accountable for a lot more, uh, and just making it clear to me, like, this is what I'm agreeing to as I move up in my development, like as I increase whatever kind of position it does mean that like, Hey, you have, you have more that you need to be accountable for. Um, and I, I welcome that experience like pretty, pretty often. There's a, uh, a part of the group, the groups that we run Jason, where we open things up, we do like a check-in and then we have a round of accountability where you can say whether you're like in or out of integrity with like whatever goals you've had for the past week. Um, and I noticed myself forgetting to, as the facilitator of the group, forgetting to do that, that Mm. little piece, uh, for multiple weeks in a row. I don't know like fully what it's about, but it's a really interesting thing to like (laughs) completely (laughs) forget or overlook. It's not like I didn't know about it. It's just, you know, like, what does that say? Um, what's going on there, Brent? (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. Is is there some kind of, is that a pattern? Yeah. (laughs) So it's interesting. Mm. Uh, Jason kind of expanding on that piece around not having a ton of mentorship earlier on. And then just, I know you pretty well. I I think it's fair to say that you were able to really plug into an environment that gave you a lot of mentorship and introspection when you were in your twenties with the wilderness therapy stuff. But I guess I'm curious about how that lack of mentorship experience earlier on shapes, maybe how you show up as a mentor for Mm. people now, Mm -hmm. because I know there are some, guys who either you work with and and definitely some of the kids in the woods have really looked up to you in the past as a mentor. So I was just wondering, you know, yeah. How does that shape it for you? 
Yeah. Uh, well, I was just thinking about something there. I was like, you know, I think when the, when the mind and the body are willing to, um, like develop some change or, uh, in need of a mentor that what happens unconsciously, like, uh, I think that perhaps the body or the self can provide the experience if someone's willing, like if in the face of not having a mentor, um, and just, just for some like groundwork on your question, Brent is, I think that the difficulty of being outside in the woods and this level of accountability forced me to look at myself and say like, Hey, there's parts of yourself that much like the kids are experiencing, there's parts of yourself that aren't going to work here. If you need, if it means that you want to do a good job, if you want to keep people from like hurting themselves, uh, you know, and, 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 potentially like entering a, a, a massive risk, mm. you need to, you need to be accountable. You need to step up for yourself. So it's kind of like this, um, bodiless, you know, the way I kind of picture it, it's like this, this ethereal mentor that I just connected to. And, um, in that process to answer a question, Brent is I have recognized the necessity to, uh, to observe how I'm showing up for the behalf of somebody else that, um, when it's appropriate to joke or to make uh, a lighthearted comment or to, um, the things I choose to display, like, uh, am I displaying laziness? Am I displaying hard work ethic? You know, and, um, I need to role model. It really comes down to role modeling, uh, for myself in order to, ex uh, expect the same from others. Uh, I can't ask them to do something I'm not doing. And, and that's really like been a huge thing for me is making sure that, you know, it, it's hard and I'm probably not in alignment with it all the time, but it is something I, I, I think about, yeah. like, is this what I would want someone to be doing? Right. Yeah. It's always a good I, question, right? Yeah. I know. I just, I got a quick, Oh, you want to go? Well, I just, I know Jason that you're a little bit short on time. Is it? Yeah. Okay? I got like two more minutes. Okay, cool. Let's well, yeah. Jordan, if we can filter your question and then do a quick round of checkouts. Does that work for you, Jason? Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. I just, I was curious if, if on, you know, the wilderness therapy, like on the, on the sessions, you know, do you guys, um, do you give, you know, the kids, um, or the people in the program, like tasks and are they accountable and responsible for different oh, things? I was assuming yeah. they were not to the level of like, they will put other people's, uh, safety at risk, mm -hmm. not like, uh, like my role, but varying levels to that. Yeah. Uh, I think as the student moves through the program, uh, it's inherent to the, the time that they've been there. Uh, it's, a bit of an expectation that they will be more accountable towards the task of like setting up camp or, you know, just completing the daily chores that must get done. Um, it's like, Hey man, like, you know, you need to lead these people cause they, they, they need to see a leader. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that because, um, just what you were sharing about you being accountable, you have very little mm. margin to mess up. Like you can't, <laughs> right? Like, like yeah. you not being accountable means someone's going without food or water or people yeah. are getting wet and sick. Mm. Um, and so for the boys to be able to see you model that and then yeah. them being responsible for things where it's like, well, like if 
there's a little, you know, if the site's not cleaned up or the fire's not built, like, yeah, not yeah, going to yeah. be a huge inconvenience, but like to be able to hold that, like I'm, I'm accountable for this and it's yeah. important in how I approach it. And it's not, you know, there's more margin for error. Yeah. We can, we can kind of, yeah, I see, I see that being a really important lesson for them. You know, there's, there's something I was talking about the other day is like, uh, uh, the type of backpacking that we do is, uh, not like a traditional backpacking. Like the, the packs that staff carry are extremely heavy. And if I'm honest, like I was never a fan of it, but I knew how to do it, you know? And so your pack would be way down with an excessive amount of food and all this gear, medical supplies, all this stuff. And it's just, you know, I don't know, maybe 70 pounds. It's just absurd. Um, and, and knowing that, like, I knew that I could never express to the, I couldn't complain to the kids about how heavy my pack was and ask them to do a really difficult hike. Like I need to show them that my pack is not heavy and crush this hike. Uh, and just like, yeah, it's like, this is the role I'm in. I'm in a mentor and they need, you know, like, um, being witness to someone who is like going through something difficult. Like I need to be strong for myself and for them. Uh, yeah. Dude, that's, that is a beautiful sentiment that I think we need to see more of in our society. Yeah. <laughs> I'd yeah. love to, I'd love to like kind of end it on that one. If y'all are yeah, yeah. that. Cool. That works. I'm, uh, I'm checking out with just gratitude, uh, for both of you guys and, uh, yeah. Feelings of connection for being able to have this conversation. I'm out with that. Awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm checking out with um, just feeling feeling good, feeling excited. Got some more ideas on on some future um, journeyman solo experiences we're we're thinking about, and uh, yeah, connected um, and holding this question of uh, you know vulnerability and like responsibility and leadership and being accountable. I'm, I'm simmering, I'm simmering and all that, so I'm feeling good. Nice. Yeah, I'm out with, uh, I'm looking out my window and it just looks like absolutely gorgeous outside. And I'm uh, out with just being grateful for a beautiful day, uh, grateful for connecting with both of y'all again. Uh, yeah, I feel like my heart pumping with excitement, just like I did the other conversation. Uh, and hopefully we can do it again sometime soon. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate both you gents and uh, thank you everyone that tuned in and is supporting the community. Uh, we do have a donation button down at the bottom and that's going to help us with our programming for adolescents in the community. Uh, a lot of those kids cannot necessarily afford to um, pay for the tuition for some of the rites of passage work that we do. So every dollar does help uh, us expand our impact. Um, yeah. Thanks for tuning in and we will see you next time. See y'all. Thank you for listening in to this episode of the Journeyman Podcast. Again, my name is Jordan Bowman, and I'm with Journeyman Triangle, and I'm joined by my co-host, Brant Evans, out in Journeyman Asheville in North Carolina. Again, big thanks to Jason Comaris and sharing with us the wonderful work of Wilderness Therapy. We also want to give a shout-out to Charles Krejci for bringing us the intro and outro music. Please check the description for ways that you can support us supporting the boys. Until next time, peace, be well.